and welcome to episode 94 of Coffee with Mirko. Uh, absolute pleasure having you here and uh, thank you for being here. Hope you're well, hope you're safe and uh, wherever you are in the world, um, hope everything's going well and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, catching uh, another amazing coffee professional and uh, uh, bring you to to, you know, new stories, but yeah, here she is. Here we go. Here we go. Good evening. Can you? Hang on. I can hear you, maybe. Maybe, maybe delay. Uh, let's again. Okay. Um, oh, I, I, I got you. I got you. Yeah. You got me now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How are you? <laughs> it's <been a> week. <laughs> you had a week, bro. Yeah. I, yeah. I had a week for sure. Yeah. At least your t-shirt matched my mug, so that we're good. Oh, really? Uh, so, I mean, it's pink, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Um, firstly, thank you so much for coming in. Um, it's just super cool to have you, and uh, um, I know you're super busy, so obviously um, very happy that, that you could make it. And how are you and your family and friends with this interesting year, shall we say? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, luckily my family is doing fine, and, you know, I'm, I'm okay, it could be a lot worse, it's been a tough year for everyone, but, um, with all, like, all things I'm doing, yeah, how about you? Oh, um, I really get it back, um, yeah, good, just been, I think Australia is in a very lucky pocket of the world in the sense of, you know, despite us being in isolation for all up about seven months since March, we had a little break in June and then we went back in lockdown in July. Uh, it was much more stricter lockdown, but, you know, cases are lower. My family are back in Italy, but they're fine. And, you know, everything is good. I think it's been... I think the pandemic has put a lot of things in perspective, or at least on a personal level, on the, the privilege that some of us have and how lucky we are with the what we think, what we thought was small and not enough. Uh, it's plenty, and uh, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I started a podcast, and you know, I'm 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 doing good. <laughs> Thank you for asking. You just started this podcast during quarantine. Yeah, yeah, in March because. I, I'm I'm the person that I need my people, so I was like I was going a little bit crazy, and yeah, I started just by chance, and uh, I've listened to another podcast saying you should all jump on Instagram live streams, and I was like, all right, I'm doing it. And uh, at the time, I was messaging with Andrew from Flare Espresso for something else, and I was like, do you want to hop on a live stream like tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then yeah, all the way to episode. 94 i suppose we with you that's amazing that's so many episodes in such a <laughs> time yeah it's 
Yeah, it's been a ride, that's for sure. Um, but thank you, thank you for asking, and um, and I'm glad that you're doing fine, obviously. And uh, tell us more about you. Uh, what, what's been your journey, and how did you start in coffee? Um. Well, first of all, I the last live that I did, the video quality was so bad, and I feel nervous about it. So, if there are any issues, just like let me know, and I'll do. I'll give you the signal. Okay. Um. You know, okay. This, this might sound weird, but I'm actually. I yes. But I would love to hear about a little bit about you and about like your journey in coffee and and your platform and what you know what is important to you to pursue and to forward in this realm in the coffee industry oh oh this is a uh, very interesting um um okay um so well i started in coffee about nine years ago um and like many of us just sort of coffee found me rather than me seeking for coffee i came to australia couldn't speak English and, you know, hospital, hospitality was definitely, or the service industry was definitely something that was appealing, but also, you know, just an entry for some income. And uh, and at the time I wasn't drinking coffee at all. I hated it because it's just so bitter from back home and um, I just grew up not drinking it. Well, I drank it as a toddler. Uh, when I was three, I used to drink coffee in between at night time when I would switch back from my bed to my, to my parents' bed. Um, and then eventually, job of the job, from floor to, to machine, I landed a job where there was uh, my, one of my coffee mentors, Ken, and uh, he's like, look, I don't care. You're going to drink this filter. And it was uh, Licello from Nani Plus. Uh, funny how life goes. And uh, I was like, wow, okay, that's not the coffee I remembered and then from then worked here and there and uh, my last job was with this coffee roaster called Toby's Estate and then I quit last year to uh, pursue my own things and I started uh, my own business and yeah that's the short version. What's your business? Um, oh wow this is turning this is turning <laughs> I like it I guess it's good I like it um I run a social media agency, so uh, basically it was sort of boring because when I was working on the road for Coffee Roaster, a lot of my wholesale customers uh, would, you know, tell me their businesses and, you know, we were always trying to help them out. And I, I, couldn't, it could, I couldn't go past the fact that there were agencies out there um, doing their social media, but they didn't have a hands-on experience. Um, and it was like, oh, it's like if I started doing social media for a makeup company brand. Um, obviously, you can do social media for anything and anyone. Um, I just, uh, I just thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then I sort of went towards that direction. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a ride, that's for sure. That's awesome. Thank you, thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for sharing about it. Um, uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> I'm, it's been a, I don't know, I'm just like pretty tired. I kind of, I'm like, I don't want to talk about myself, but I, that's okay. That's what I came here to do, do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, 
No, that, that's completely fine. Um, and uh, for you, it's been a long day for me. It's just a start. So I go, I'm, 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 I'm meant to be more fresh for sure. Um, um, and when you, when you said about purpose, I think um, when it comes to coffee, um, at the beginning, I never really wondered that. I think that at the beginning, it was just a mean of life to pay rent and bills. Um, when now I think I just had so much beautiful uh, experiences when it comes to connecting with people. And for me, I love coffee, but I love people more than anything. Um, I find people very interesting. Uh, I find the fact that we can connect, uh, you know, in, in so many levels, um, you know, literally through coffee, uh, push me towards, you know, a project that I'm working on, but also, uh, different concepts. Uh, I don't. I no longer see coffee and money. I just see just a whole bunch of people connecting through coffee. So, for instance, I just uh, uh, you know I, I just built a friendship with this a few people from Germany uh, through, through through social media, and uh, one of them decided to send me a whole bunch of coffee from Berlin in exchange. It wasn't an exchange originally, but then I was like, no, let me send you some coffee from Melbourne and. Now he's drinking Melbourne coffee. I'm still waiting, but uh, it's okay. And uh, and and he hit me when when we did it. I was like, well, it's actually partly approach that I'm working behind the scenes. What we just did, which is, I'm giving you coffee that I think is delicious for you to enjoy with your loved ones because I can't be there, and uh, makes me super happy. It's like a super virtual uh, table, and uh, yeah. So that's sort of probably the purpose around my coffee journey. Um, yeah, I hope that sort of answer. So I didn't answer the purpose question. <laughs> yeah. Question. It's like, like this coffee in the coffee industry. And I don't know if it's different from other industries, but I know in the coffee industry, it's like, you know, what, what do you love about coffee? What do you, it's like, there's an expectation that it should be something more than, then like it's it's the the way that we make a living you know and so i you know sometimes i kind of like for me the answer sometimes is like i look i just do i just this is just my job <laughs> like <laughs> you know and sometimes the answer is um sometimes the answer is more expansive than that you know i think for me i absolutely started out in coffee just kind of like just trying it out and didn't have like a grand purpose or anything like that. And I don't feel like I, there was any reason why I should be expected to. So, um, I was like, that. Um, my dad was a Japanese tea ceremony master. So for me, specialty coffee felt like a way that I could perhaps follow in my father's footsteps, but in my own kind of, in my own way, and I watched this DVD taught myself how to pull espresso shots. Um, I don't know if you've ever, if, I, if in Australia, I don't know if David Schomer is a, familiar in that region of the world, but I lived in Seattle at, where David Schomer was like the espresso, uh, you know, icon. <laughs> And he had this training DVD that he produced 
and I don't remember my memory of it is that it was like shot in darkness and he was standing in the middle of a dark room wearing an apron that had it looked homemade made it for him and it had like a, a on it and I watched you know like, all right this is this is great like I'll do I'll, I can do this and then I started I don't know working in a coffee shop and uh, I then 14 years passed and now here I am you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's um it's it's crazy once you once you step into well, in this case, in the coffee world, it's just, uh, you know, time fly. And uh, in between, there is so many adventures and so many people and so many lessons on personal and professional levels. So it's, um, especially in certain countries, you know, it's quite easy to jump from a cafe to another cafe, but then all of a sudden you also meet someone who has a roastery, then whether it's competing or whether it's starting uh, up in terms of wholesale or the te the technical side of things and becoming a technician or looking after machinery and it's just and then all of a sudden sometimes you sit and you're like oh if i have to think about all the things that i've done since i started i would never have expected this journey uh, from day one um but i think i think it's actually quite beautiful uh, what you said about uh, your father and the tea ceremony i think um right there there is you know there is you know a deeper personal meaning because obviously uh, tea might be more in terms of ceremony tea uh, it's more popular in different countries uh, than you know than the states or australia but then again coffee is probably more popular in other countries than than, than others um and yeah i find it yeah i find it really yeah, really interesting. I read it about it, uh, but um, now that we're talking, it's it's it, it is special, you know. I'm, I'm trying to think <laughs> what I could do to sort of um, follow my parents' footsteps. But mom is a teacher, and I didn't go to uni, so <laughs> that's already <laughs> that's already out of the picture. Uh, I guess my father grows vegetables, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I want a plant-based diet. There you go. <laughs> I found mine. <laughs> Um, thank you for sharing that. I, I really appreciate it. And um, I think I think that coffee, because you know, I understand that you had you know, but it was a long week and it was a long day. Um, so I kind of take the take the, the ball on board. I think that coffee is just it is a beverage. It is a lot of work. It is a lot of passion. It is connecting. And it is a whole bunch of things, but I think that through coffee you can also spread messages. I think that you can talk to people. Um, it, sometimes it becomes an excuse to start a topic, whereas equality, sustainability, um, fairness, uh, conditions of workers, uh, there is so much. And, and then all of a sudden you are in a room where everybody is sipping a cup of coffee and you can have those discussions and conversations or people who are in the coffee industry who have certain topics at heart and is still able to share it. I don't think that there's other industries which are quite as ours when it comes to, you know, 
we are like the most people people industry in my in my opinion and also where we most i mean maybe tattoo artists and there's a few others as musicians i get it but i think you know we are really yeah it's a it's a it's a, it's a great industry and especially in the last few years i've seen a little bit of a switch where we are like okay well if we are always talking up about us being open-minded us being uh, you know, uh, inclusive, we actually need to start doing it rather than just saying it. We got to start walk the walk, the talk and uh, hopefully things will improve. I've seen, you know, the last few years, more and more uh, female representation. I've seen more and more uh, certain groups and minor so-called minorities representation. I think it's fantastic. And uh, yeah, what, what do you think? Uh... <laughs> question about my presentation sorry sorry what what was your question um no as in do you think like that through coffee we're able to sort of talk about bigger bigger things yeah yeah a lot of my career is i don't know let maybe let maybe i can back up and share a little bit about what i yeah. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I started working in coffee as a barista and I was a barista on and off for seven years. Um, I worked as a barista trainer and a manager and an espresso technician also during that time, kind of just going back and forth between different things. I worked for a roastery called Four Barrel Coffee in 2013 through 2016. Uh, that was, oh, no. And that was a pretty interesting experience for me. I had started working there in my like mid 20s and I was very, at that time, confident and felt like I knew what I was doing as a barista and coffee person. And then I was working at this uh, place and everyone was, it just like broke my spirit. The environment and the culture there was so like abusive and demeaning and, um, and just like awful really in so many ways. And I don't, you know, I don't like regret really the things that have happened to me in my life because it's, I like who I am today and I'm grateful for what I have today. And so I, you know, I wouldn't like take anything back, but that, that really changed me a lot. The experience of working there, it changed my path in coffee a lot. The experience of working there it revealed to me a lot of things that I knew about the world that I hadn't come into direct contact with in that way for such a sustained period of time intense and so I be like oh you know this coffee industry that I've been inhabiting as sort of like just a person to, who likes coffee doing their thing this this world is actually in in many ways unbearably abusive hmm. unfair um and and while I had that point because 
in the coffee industry culture. And when I had gotten to a point where that was all I knew how to do in my adult life, that was like my only skill set. I was like, um, I have to do like do my best to try to make this situation different. And so yeah, I you know, I, I left that job. I, I started work I did um I worked at an instant coffee company. I developed manufacturing technology at the specialty instant coffee company. I started sort of building up my visibility and industry. And I got to a point where I felt like people are, are kind of listening to me a little bit. And then I, I sued Four Barrel Coffee. I co-organized a, a lawsuit against them for sexual assault, sexual harassment, because that was their big thing that they loved to do there was assault, and harass their employees. Um, They're big fans of that. So yeah, so with this a really amazing group of, of former employees of that company, we co-organized this lawsuit against them and it was really very intense, awful, awful experience. But again, it's like, that's, I wouldn't take it back, you know? Um, and it's established, I, it, it positioned way, I guess in the minds of other people, but also in my own mind as, as someone who is um, like committed to just kind of doing what I felt was right and not what was um, And that's the path that I've been trying to navigate since then, since I think like 2016. And coffee is, coffee is what I do while I'm being a human, while I'm growing as a person, while I'm learning, while I'm making mistakes. And I see my career in coffee it aligns to align with these different milestones in my own personal growth as as a human you know and uh i can see in the like in the four barrel lawsuit like i can see how i felt in that in that moment in that time i felt so um i felt so intense, like everything was just so heightened and, and so intense. And I just felt like I was surviving, you know, and, um, and I now look at what my life is like now, and I feel like I'm, I'm living more than I'm surviving most, most days. And I see my work in coffee is built more towards sustaining, sustaining positive change, you know, um, and it's less wrapped up like urgency and like uh, I am trying to move away kind of from the culture of like canceling and calling out and making sort of binary calls on like who is good and who is bad. And I'm, I'm, I'm just wanting to move more into a space of, of like, what do we do when things go wrong? What do we do to, to fix that without violence. And by violence, I don't necessarily mean like hitting people, you know, I mean, like, what do we do without the violence of making a person um, invisible to a community and shunning? And um, what do we do without like, oh, my mail came. Uh, 
like how do how does accountability work when we're thinking about restorative justice and not just trying to reproduce cars you know like i think you know cancel culture is is what the only system we have available to it and i'm not saying like oh fuck cancel culture like oh sorry but no, no, no. I, I i always so good <laughs> yeah so i'm not saying that or because i understand that it's it's the only system of accountability that exists currently um but for me like where i'm at is wanting to look at like what does it what move to a place of like restoring uh, the damage that's done to a person. What does that actually look like? What does that require? Um, and I'm into like, you know, uh, just trying to find work and opportunities for people who are marginalized in the world and have that uh, marginalization like that is and also like just trying to find ways to and what I'm able to offer to people or able to give to people in a way that's sustainable, you know? So like doing things like I, I do some social media consulting. So like offering, you know, free consultations to people who hold marginalized identities. And um, it's not stuff that like I advertise a lot, you know? It's just, I like to find small sustainable many small sustainable ways along many channels that where I can sort of forward positive growth and healing and, and restoration thank you for sharing it was yeah I think that when it comes especially on your last point navigating through what you said you know that's where I think social media is such a demonized thing but then it gives voices, um, you know, to to people who are marginalized and uh, who feel, you know. So, you know, even yourself doing what you're doing, it's just it's it's great to be able to amplify a message. And I think what you just said in terms of the cancellation uh, culture, uh, yeah, I second pretty much everything you said. You know, it's just I think that's probably what I was meaning by the fact that despite us being in coffee, coffee just become a part of it, but then it just tags along with our personal life experience. And then we're able to uh, share our bottles and share our principles and values. Uh, there's plenty of stories out there, like, and, 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 and it's beautiful, I think, because then all of a sudden we can reach uh, John and Jen because you know they're thinking that we're giving them, well, in this case, you're giving them coffee. But then all of a sudden, you're reaching John and Jen by talking about, uh, you know, things that you care about. And I think it's it's just yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, and that's what and that's what it matters because ultimately, you know, uh, perfection doesn't exist. But I suppose that most of us really just try to be our best every day and <laughs> and try to improve you know, who we are and, and, and you know, we'll, like you said, there's no regrets. It's just a matter of who we are who we are based on what we have been and how we have lived. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, was part of what you said as well, you know, like what's the story behind the uh, the, the rainbow uh, cup and spoon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I have, <laughs> I've had a lot of traumatic cupping experiences. And this is especially was when I was working at Four Barrel. It was like this, where it felt like where there's all this emphasis placed on like like and and like do you taste blueberry you don't then fuck. <laughs> it's just a very like you know like there are all these sort of like ways forth in that clear terms it was more like these micro implicit like implied kind of ways of of making someone feel like they're not uh, getting it they're not they don't understand what everyone else understands like i didn't taste fucking blueberry like like you know and um we would go to these cuppings and have someone who is this kind of like the white man leading the the cupping and and go around and ask people like what they tasted and you know they would share what they tasted uh-huh uh -huh. and then someone would say one like raspberry and they'd be like exactly you know and it was like fuck i want to i want to get it right like i want to be the one who says raspberry but i never was the one who said raspberry you know um <laughs> and uh and that in, in my experiences outside of Four Barrel also, it just was a lot of feeling like I, I don't get And what I have learned over time is pretending, you know, like everyone is mostly just going along with when whenever there's kind of like the alpha figure in the room, whatever they say, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I taste that too, you know. I've done it. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm, yep, taste that real oh yeah so much raspberry <laughs> oh, it's like, raspberry in there. <laughs> you know um but after a while i like i realized that like everyone is a lot of the time just pretending and everyone a lot of the time is feeling really terrified and uncomfortable in those situations um because in coffee we lack a standardized way to describe coffees like we lack a standardized framework we're offered something like that kind of with the SEA cupping form, but not, it's like not exactly. So everyone has their own way of doing things and they're approaching this cupping table with their own life experience where they've tasted different foods and they are familiar with different things and they have like whatever bias they hold about a specific origin. You know, there's just a lot um, that individuals bring to the cupping table that's all really different and all really valuable. And so I, I find that there is so much more value in people honestly discussing their experience of a coffee rather than just feeling like they have to say, yeah, I taste rabbit, I taste raspberry too, you know? Um, and uh, and it, this particularly is really hard for people who uh, hold identities that are not really represented as like the alpha figure in the room ever, you know, like there's the whoever it is, if it's like the owner or the head roaster or the green buyer, a lot of the time that's like a straight white man, you know, and so when you are not a straight white man and you only ever see straight white men being like the alpha kind of taster figure, then you think like that's not for me. That's not what I can ever be. Like, I can never be this confident and knowledgeable coffee person.
Um, and you want it sort of like, for me, I just felt like I wanted to shrink myself and I, and I just felt like I had to go in and try to pretend and try to act like someone else. So yeah, anyway. And I to realize that, you know, it wasn't just like me who's the only one who was feeling like this. I was, I just wanted to make it different, you know? And so that was the idea behind the rainbow cupping spoon because it was like you know i'm a queer person and i just want to show up myself and be my self and like have have a, a tool i like that barely match this standard of of what someone else would imagine is professional or is or is an indicator of being a very serious coffee taster like i create my own metric for success and my own metric is like am i being myself like am i being honest am i showing up um in a kind way with a collaborative spirit then like yes that's what is important to me and that's what my rainbow spoon reminds me of and it turned out to be something that resonated with a lot of other people who similarly just felt very alienated in cuppings and um so yeah so then i was i found uh i i just found a lot of um a lot of resonance in a lot of people and i've turned it into a business yeah oh, i love it and to be honest i mean cuppings are terrifying from the slurp you know because you're like you hear all these amazing sounds that they sound like out of a cell phone. Like, you know, what is this ringing something? It's like, and then you, you are trying like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> like, forget the blueberries. Like, start from the slurp. It's quite intimidating. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think I think there is that side of the coffee industry. Um, you know, I've I've witnessed it, uh, and um, you know, sticking with cupping, I think. My my take on the cupping is I was like you know well uh, you know I don't buy green I drink it uh, I love it with my loved ones and friends so you know I, I and, and and to be honest I was in the one industry my first job was in one industry and uh, I was super young I was nineteen and I was doing a lot of we were yeah drinking a lot of wine and tasting and yeah back then I was just like oh yeah, I can taste this, I can taste that. But then very soon I realized my metric is just going to be simple. I dislike it or I don't like it. It's okay or I like it, I like it, or I really fucking like it. That's, that's my metrics. And I think, I think that sometimes maybe with this complicated tasting notes, I get there is a marketing aspect. But also sometimes it feels, I'm not saying, maybe, desperate is the wrong word, but like, hey, with the coffee industry, we're here, let's just make a lot of noise. Let's say that tastes like Jaffa cake with hint of cinnamon and nutmeg and grated truffles. Uh, but then it's like, how many are gonna actually connect and resonate with that and connect? Um, because it can become a little bit, I mean, I'm sure that most people who listen to this, even in the podcast forum, or I'm not sure about you, so I can't say I'm sure, but 
I've had plenty of people asking me, oh, do you put blueberries in, in the coffee or do you put blueberry syrup or how oh, they, do they use blueberries when they process coffee? And sometimes the questions are like, they actually make so much sense that you stop for a minute and you think about it. And you're like, huh, it's true. Do they, do they actually put blueberries in the coffee? <laughs> you know, it's not the answer, but at the same time, it kind of makes sense their uh, their their questioning uh, because it's how it's been presented to them. Because if you say, "Hey, this is blueberry," it's like, "Oh, okay, why?" and and I think it could be simplified. So uh, maybe we could have a different tier system in terms of tasting notes for you know, like maybe for certain super micro minority of super taster roasters who can really taste the, you know even the variety of blueberry yes you know you can have a little bit more complexity but then for you know the the people just like hey like we taste this but hey do you like it or don't like it you know i think because ultimately really it comes down to whether we like it or not um i love the story behind your rainbow cup and spoon they look amazing and you turn a value and a principle dear to you um, and, and I suppose like you said a, a little bit of a traumatizing experience into something positive and reaching um, yeah sure it's a business but also it's just yeah there's so much goodness in it like that's the real blueberry right there <laughs> real blueberry <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the real yeah the rainbow blueberry that's um and um sorry uh, like I feel in the industry uh, a clear understanding of exactly like why we're using <laughs> tasting notes as a standard for how we communicate about coffee like there's the marketing aspect of it for sure um but you know if we're like that we I think we need to talk about coffees differently with one another as coffee professionals than how we would talk about coffees with uh, coffee consumers, because, you know, like, uh, most coffee drinkers, they are not going to blueberry, even in the, if it, like, 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 it's a natural Ethiopia of any coffee professionals, like, blueberry, like, a lot of coffee drinkers will not taste that, you know, because it tastes, it takes a while to, to train your palate to recognize, like, okay, this is what it tastes like when a coffee tastes like blueberry, um, so like, I think it's important for coffee professionals who are working together to be able to calibrate on the language that they use to discuss the, the coffees, because, you know, we have to work together and make decisions about how the coffee is going to be roasted. Like if we're going to buy the, the green coffee, all that kind of thing. So like, um, tasting notes, I think can be helpful or useful when it's, it's meant to communicate information and when there's you know, a good calibration and, and collaborative conversation uh, over sort of differences and perceptions on those, those tasting notes. But as far as, cons as far as like consumers talking to coffee drinkers, you know, I, I really feel like it is a the descriptive of the coffee in a way that moves beyond just kind of the three disjointed tasting notes. Because that's not how customers experience the coffee. And like you were saying, you know, it it's, can be confusing. A lot of people are like, oh, that means there's literal blueberries in there. Like, how do you, did you like, roast the 
coffee, throw some blueberries into it. Like, what did you, you know? <laughs> Let's try. That's exactly. I've, I've had that question before. Reasonable question, and the fact that coffee professionals bring that up as a, as like, oh fuck, consumers are dumb. Like that's that's too bad, you know, because it really is. It's not a dumb question at all. It's makes yeah, hundred percent. And and I think blueberries actually work out quite well in this conversation for me on a personal level because uh, I come from the mountains, and I remember going pick up wild blueberries with my mom, like up. Like you nearly touch the sky and all oh, they're bursting in certain type of flavor. And when I came here, you know, it's big city, it's Australia. Um, blueberry is almost tasteless. So for my experience on the blueberry was so much different than uh, my friends and loved ones in Australia compared to my childhood and my, 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 teen, my teens back home. So Blueberries based on where you live, but even even in Melbourne, if you go and buy the organic blueberries, they're gonna taste very different than the super cheap out of season blueberries. So again, it, cultural palate is a word that I learned from Ann Cooper uh, when we did um, we did a global coffee table. So where a lot of uh, it was like about twenty people, and it was just all of us in a Google Meet just hanging out. Uh, it was really nice. Should do it again. Fuck, I'm so busy. Um, I, I need, I need people. <laughs> um, and, and Anne was talking about um, the work she was training, roast training um, uh, these uh, people from Korea, and they were tasting a whole bunch of fruit, and they were tasting strawberries in that case. And the the Koreans that she was training. Uh, they were like, oh, these are not strawberries. So even that element itself, it's just there's such a difference of what we experience with certain flavors. So it's it's super subjective. Then, you know, let's not even talk about lifestyle. If I smoke two packs of cigarettes and drink a bottle of wine every day and I eat only fried food, not judging, but I'm just going to be, you know, extreme, well, my palate is going to be different than someone who eats, I don't know, uh, raw diet yeah it's just it's just yeah it's interesting um i've been enjoying so much the conversation that i've actually forgot to look up at the time and i uh we're very past the halfway and usually ask a ritual question usually ask it a halfway but i'll ask it now um if you could who would you like to have dinner with and it can be anyone coffee or non-coffee related doesn't matter who would I like to have dinner with? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think <laughs> I I would want to have dinner with my dad, but I would want him to just be fully like alive again and way more than dinner. So I feel like, yeah, I guess that I could answer it a different way. If we take it back <laughs> a little bit, I would probably want to have dinner with, um, this is a pat response, but I mean it so sincerely, James Hoffman. Like, I, I think there's a really reason why so many people look up to him, and I think it's maybe not someone that I would be expected to name, but, like, I just think he's so great. I think he's so kind. 
Um, he has a way of talking about coffee with uh, people who are wanting to learn that is so level-headed and it's clear and detailed and but never like snobby you know or condescending and um and i you know he's someone platform and is has this like crop like crossover you know success like he's known as as um this really iconic figure in the country, but then people outside of coffee also like follow him and and know of him and like he's sort of is a go-to figure for people who want to learn about coffee and he does I think such a great job of managing his platform in a really um beautiful and responsible and thoughtful way yeah yeah and and thank you and I met him once and uh yeah for me like James James Hoffman is just I don't know this is getting my son his voice it's so soothing like i don't know how to express it it's just he could have a meditation app or like he could do asmr like he could do whatever with that voice i think uh, for me that's uh what, what really from his first video i've ever watched i was like wow like the voice is just like perfect you know like and uh yeah for sure even he, the way he speaks and he's such a you know, the, yeah, he, he's super well-spoken. And uh, there's not too many people in the room because you know, do a good job with advertisement this time. But let's say that we, I can't say it, but look, it wouldn't be impossible to say that maybe we'll have him here as well in a few episodes, maybe, I'm just saying. So, but yeah, um, but yeah, I, yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. And uh yeah, it's not unexpected because, like you said, it's just to you. It's just more than just a coffee guy, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, Often since like forever, you know, since I first became aware that there were well-known people in the industry, you know. So yeah, and I've been really fortunate and really lucky to have met like a lot of my coffee kind of heroes and the people that I look up to in coffee and like a lot of my friends are like people that I look up to so much in coffee um and so it's not a like I don't know I just feel like I've been very lucky in it and I think um to me James Hoffman is still like oh my god James Hoffman <laughs> <laughs> I should I should clip that. <laughs> I really should. I won't. But uh, yeah. No, uh, yeah. I feel I feel the way. Um, same. Um, and and I'm sure we could talk about James for 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 a while more. But we unfortunately I got ten minutes left. So, firstly, thank you again for coming. It's been. A wild week for both of us and uh, you know probably a big day for yourself um, I just want to thank you and maybe we could do this again maybe we can uh, I decided that and I have is 100 I'm gonna shut season one and have a little break because I need to actually work on my project a little bit harder because time is just the essence as they say and maybe in season two I would like to bring back not everybody but bring them back maybe with more we could 
diving into a topic or you know where you more like you decide what we talk about and we just give have a ball uh, but before before closing off i just have one big question i want to talk about wasting coffee the story behind it and uh, and anything else that you want to say we've got about nine and a half minutes but uh, yeah wasting coffee is that for example that was in my list there's plenty of questions i didn't ask you but uh it's just that's one i wanted yeah for sure yeah and wasting coffee so i have a i have an instagram platform called at wasting coffee which i haven't been as active on since facebook i've not been as active but i'm i'm just, you know i'm trying trying to keep up um and i have uh and i wrote a book called the wasting coffee guide to not wasting coffee and i think that you can is like not wasting coffee but it's as it covers uh i think uh it's yeah okay so my mom so my mom is as for use recycle and always has been for my whole life and he's like super into or you know organic far like gardening and organic farming and everything that she does is very like uh environmentally sustainable and oriented toward being environmentally sustainable so i have never felt like that was something that i i've always i just have never really thought that would be me but you know like we just turn into and the next thing you know i'm like writing a book about how <laughs> a book about not wasting coffee and I'm like guys this is really wasteful you should reduce reuse and recycle <laughs> um yeah there's just like is when I was working as a barista trainer I, there is so much waste that was involved in the process of like training baristas we were just like pull shot after shot after shot and then just like throw it away like steam milk pour lattes to practice latte and just throw it all away like that was all I did all day and I was completely like it's just like yeah this is what we have to do because of quality you know because the most most important thing is to properly train this bar these baristas so that they're going to pull the best quality shots and pour the best quality latte art and i felt i in my head that was just what the framework that was handed down to me that i didn't question you know i was it felt very binary to me either you waste coffee and waste milk and waste resources or the baristas are shitty you know and, <laughs> and that it was it took an embarrassingly long period of time for me to unpack that and i had the whole time this my mom's voice in the back of my head that was like this doesn't really make sense like maybe this maybe this isn't actually the best way to approach coffee but um they're all where uh, the people who are wasting all this coffee or the people who like didn't have to grow it like didn't have to pick it didn't have to put in the the labor to, to support it to, process it to try it to mill it to pack it to ship it you know like it's it's a, it's all done in far away from where from what uh the global north can see you know um it's like out of view and we in the global north just get this this product that has all this incredible labor put into it and then we're like no nah, whatever like waste it throw it away because it's quality you know 
and uh, and that's so gross. <laughs> like, that's so gross. You know, and like, it's just we and I just want us to to really like think critically about what sustainable value stream you know and part of having a sustainable value stream is like we have to recognize the value of the value stream you know we have to recognize the value of that we don't know we just throwing things out or you know pouring coffee through eight different like coffee drippers onto the floor for like an instagram photo which is apparently the most, like why like what you do you know and it's really sure aesthetically beautiful to like throw coffee around and pour it out and capture you know the movement of the liquid in in midair but it is wasteful this message that is it's kind of like a let them eat cake kind of message it's like yeah there's all this work and love and care that goes into this product we're selling you this marketing language that says it's so rare and hand you know, handpicked and double sorted and, and, you know, all that. And then, and then we're like, yeah, and we'll just throw it like in the air and throw it off a cliff so we can take a photo of it, you know, just early take a photo of it and it's contradictory. So I just want us to like, I don't know, be more respectful and like be more practical and be more honoring of, of what, uh, what it means to like, be a functioning and like respectful part of a value stream that involves a lot of hard labor, you know, by a lot of really hardworking and, and great people. I wish I had more than three minutes. Uh, yes. And thank you for doing that. I think when it comes to sustainability, I think it's become uh, another blueberry often in coffee. Um, in the sense of it's a word thrown out there, but then I see, and I try to detach myself emotionally because of my lifestyle, you know, I'm a cliche in a way. I'm vegan, minimalist, towards waste-free, I bulk grocery. So like for me, everything that you say, just like it sounds like a, a Beethoven symphony music. Um, and, then I, and then I see some prominent people in the coffee industry. And, and again, this is not me gone against because I think I just came to terms of the fact that, you know, I didn't know a lot of things that happened in the dairy industry until only three and a half years ago. So it's okay. Like, 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 you know, I, I wouldn't go hard on me because I just didn't know. So that's okay. But then when you read, you know, oh, sustainability, this sustainability, that, but then, you know, you see other parts of the personal life shared with the same platform, uh, whether it is, you know, uh, without going into details, otherwise it gives it away, who it is, who it isn't, but it's just, it's just used again, not for the right purpose, because if we really care, you know, it's not just about using kip cups, it really isn't, that's part of it, sure, but sustainability as a whole, it's a lifestyle that goes from what we eat, what we wear, what we do, uh, how long is our shower, but the way that I bring back myself to zone, otherwise, you know, you, you know, you get caught up into a rabbit hole. Is perfection doesn't exist, and we all thrive towards our best. I suppose you know, maybe I, my diet might be sustainable, but then my shower might be 
double length and you'll shower, therefore I'm wasting liters and liters of water because I like a warm shower. So it's not about I'm better than you, you uh, or better than her. It's about getting all together on board and understanding that. Let's listen to what everyone has to say and just work towards what's good for for everyone and the world. But yeah, I mean, ah, fuck. I mean, we 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 uh, yeah, we could definitely maybe this maybe this is episode number two sustainability talk. Because okay. <laughs> I because Instagram is gonna chop it. Give us thirty second notice. I love I have a love and hate relationship with Instagram, as you probably know. But, you're a social media consultant, so you probably feel my pain. Um, uh, but thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing what you had to do, what, what you said, your story, your insights. I'm really grateful for uh, your message, and I, and I hope that one day we might be able to meet in person, grab a, a tea, a coffee, whatever, and just have amazing chat, and, uh, and hopefully have a you know, second round of this and maybe on a, on a, on a less busy week for both of us. And uh, thank you again so much. Really, really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I hope you have a really great day because you're just starting your day and I hope it's beautiful. I'm sure it will be. And I hope you have a, well, a good winding down and a good relaxing night time for you. And uh, thank you again. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. <sighs> there you have it. I always hate the moment where 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 he ends. Uh, but obviously, every episode has a start and an end. I really want to say thank thank you to Ume. Um, it's just been an incredible episode talking about lots of things. I apologize if I didn't really push. Uh, the, usually I create the promotional tiles way earlier, but this week has just been crazy. And um, this episode really deserves a lot of views and a lot of uh, listens on Spotify or IGTV. Not because I care about numbers or clout, I don't, I don't give a shit about that. More because I think it's important the things that she said, she shared. So thank you again. And thank you all for joining. I really appreciate you if you stuck around all the way until the end. It's an unusual time for us going in the morning um, in Australia time, but obviously time zone difference. So anyway, again, if you're new, feel free to share this uh, with a screenshot and feel free to uh, share this with a friend or whatever. And uh, I really appreciate each and one of you and I will see you soon. Adrian, my man, big shout out. I think this was a good chat for you. I'm talking about training and uh, waste as well. Uh, something that you and I talked about. And uh, I should have you on the, on the show real soon too, my friend. Uh, anyway, until then, we'll see you next week. More episodes to come. Six more until episode 100. Stay tuned. Stay safe. Stay well. Ciao.